Welcome to Puzzling Company, your home for at-home puzzles and mysteries. Here are your hosts, Jared and Zach. Zach, so good to be here with you today. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. If you're not familiar with us, this is Puzzling Company. We have the pleasure of getting to play games and talk about them, and we just want to say thank you so much for listening. Mm-hmm. Today, we are talking about a game that just came off of Kickstarter. It is called Redlock, and it is a kind of combo puzzle box narrative game all the way from the Netherlands. Very excited to jump in and talk about this game. As always, we're coming to you live from the Deadbolt Mystery Society studio, another great company putting out some really quality products. Be sure to check them out. But hang on with us. We will be coming back with our review of the game after this break. Jared, can I be honest with you? Yeah, man. You tell me anything. I had a really weird dream last night. Oh, no. Was this the one where the Muppet was puppeting you? No. This one, it wasn't that. This one, I was stuck in the middle of the ocean on like a platform. Oh, you know, that actually reminds me of a new game by Post Curious called Adrift. It's a a new puzzle tale all about dream interpretation. Wait a minute. I'm telling you about my weird dream and you're doing an ad for Post Curious? Ad is a strong word. I'm I'm merely telling you that soon there will be a new Post Curious game and that if you were interested in that, that you should actually go to getpostcurious.com and sign up for their newsletter. The reason being, Zach, is I don't want this to turn into a nightmare for you. This isn't coming to Kickstarter. They're only going to fulfill orders that they have pre-orders for. Can you imagine not getting this game? It'd be really sad. Yeah. So again, head over to getpostcurious.com, sign up for their email list, get notified when this game comes out, and get ready to enjoy it. I even had a dream that This was just a prequel to their next big game. You've sold me on the game, but you've also sold me. I'm never telling you about my dreams again. Welcome back to Puzzling Company here in the Deadbolt Mystery Society studio. As we mentioned before, we are talking about the Redlock puzzle box by a company called Redlocked based out of the Netherlands. And Zach, I want to make some prefaces before this because we should talk about how we played this game because it definitely affects our overall experience with it. We did not have enough time to get together in the last week to play this, so I took it home, played it with my wife, and then Zach played it in the office, and I actually kind of got to be like a mini game master for him. But the game broke, (laughs) and we're going to talk about a little bit of that in the Room for Improvement section, but Zach played an abbreviated form of the game that was missing one of the, actually one of the longer process puzzles in the game, but we did our best to talk through what that would have looked like So we just want to keep that in mind throughout the review as we're talking through this. But Zach, kick us off with, as we always do, we always want to talk about what we liked or love about a game first. What did you enjoy about this game? Yeah, the first thing we really enjoyed about the game, honestly, I thought was the short film concept added into the experience. Yes. It was really cool to get like this really well-made short film that kind of explains what it seems to be the background narrative of the experience and the setup for it seems future things to come in terms of the narrative and future potential boxes and stuff like that. 
but it, I thought it was really well done. I mean, obviously it was a very good quality. It was intriguing at first, like to be able to watch it and be like, Oh, what, what the heck's going on? Like I'm intrigued to see where it goes from there. But from the beginning, I was like, Oh, I don't know what's really going on, but okay. This is, this is setting up a few things. Yeah. They, they engage you very quickly. Even from their teaser video, you're wondering like, why do I have this box and what is going on? It's just cool. Like I, I like that people are adapting different forms of narrative. Yeah. I will say. And I was very engaged from the get go to be like, okay, like what's going on here? Cause you're kind of jumping around. You're meeting these characters, the short film that they recommend that you play. They say, watch short film one and play the box. The, the boxes can be played. It said, um, autonomously. Um, but they say like, if you're following along with the story, watch short film one play the box. So very intriguing, very intriguing short film to start off with. And then I will say um, that the thing that I locked is I, I think there's some really cool mechanical solves going on in this box. We've played some other puzzle boxes that have linear puzzle solving and kind of miniature stories going on with them. Mm -hmm. This box is a little bit bigger yeah. than what we've played with. I believe clue box was the other game that we've mm -hmm. played so far. And it had some really good solves, like the mechanisms worked very well. Some of them were quick, more traditional escape room solves mixed in with some more traditional puzzle box. Like there were things that you didn't have any hinting or cluing at that you had to figure out, which is more of the puzzle box style, you, touching and experimenting and playing. Mm -hmm. And then some other solves. But Zach, what did you what did you think about some of the solves? I thought they were pretty well done. I mean, for a puzzle box, it's always intriguing to see how they can mechanically set up some of these more intriguing solves. I definitely enjoyed a lot of the ones near the end in terms of how they would like how they do work or how they would work. And I thought the beginning had an interesting element of like it kind of intrigued me with the puzzle box, but then it had like a almost like a uh, escape room style puzzle with it to kind of set up the opening. I thought it was really well done in terms of the idea of how it would all work. Like I said, obviously we played it in a I played it in a little bit of a different version of the game with the I say mistakes, but it unfortunately breaking apart a little bit and stuff like that. But the idea of how it works and seeing it mechanically from the inside, it's really cool. Yeah, no, I agree. Like I'm excited to like display it. It looks really sharp. Like you can tell from a engineering standpoint that there was a lot of thought and time put into this. Mm -hmm. And then the last thing that I would say for the things that we liked is a lot of the puzzles are multi-step. And I liked that a lot. Usually I'm kind of a sucker for like one hits, mm -hmm. but I think every single puzzle in this box was multi-step yeah no i think every one of them was because when i really think about it i think there's only one and it, it's technically the ending yeah that, that's fair that's a good point but but other than that though like the first big puzzle is like almost three steps in one the second puzzle is like a lot of mini steps two to three mini steps and then the next one after that's like two well it's it's technically three it's getting a piece fighting about something and then doing the actual puzzle so it's another like two to three step multi-puzzle yeah, I mean, they were all really well done in terms of multi-step that I felt like when I looked at them, I was like, okay, it makes sense why the others matter into the steps of solving the puzzle in terms of like, you can't just go to the end and like almost reverse engineer, like just the end part. You do need to kind of understand the first and second part. There's certain multi-step puzzles that basically you can skip part of it and you're like, <laughs> why in the world was that there? Why is it there then? And in this one, you know, there is ways to revert. Like I was intrigued to look at it and try to reverse engineer it. And there is a way to reverse engineer part of it, but you still need to do all of the puzzles to actually like make the answer make yes. sense. So yes, well done on that part. Absolutely. 
So I think there's some really, really cool aspects. And as we transition into the room for improvements, my overall experience with this, and you'll probably get the sense of this as we move into the room for improvements was I felt like there was more room for improvements than like high points. Mm-hmm. And I don't like saying that because I do honestly believe that every game has elements that different people will connect with high points and low points. But for me, the two words that I have for it are either incomplete or lost. Mm. And that goes into my first point with it. And that is the intersection of the box with the narrative. Mm -hmm. Now I want to be very clear what I'm about to say. And you said this Zach too, when you played it. So I, I don't feel left out in this. I'm either missing something on a major, major hyper scale right now that ties these two things together or and I realize this because I've read through the Kickstarter, I've looked through the website, or I'm either meant not to be fully grasping the intersection of these two things because the creators of this have a really cool plan. Like there are multiple short firm, short films, multiple puzzle boxes that are coming out. And maybe it's just like we're like teasing you a little bit. But if that's the case too, I don't feel engaged enough to continue. So I, I I'm really torn because again, maybe I'm missing something or maybe that's their plan, but either way, I'm not feeling super satisfied with the intersection of the film that I watched, which I liked and the puzzle box, which had some really great moments in it, combine them together. I don't see any intersection yet. Yeah. I mean, there's like, obviously without spoiling the puzzle box, the, the beginning part of the game does have names and things that do tie into the narrative. But after you watch the short film, I don't understand how the box, maybe I'm wrong in this, but this is how I explained it to you, Jared, was that I imagine the video sets up the box. Yeah. Almost because the box is supposed to be tied into the narrative or it feels like it should be. Yes. In terms of how they set it up. So I was like, okay. And the video ends and I don't want to talk about the video and spoil any of it of it, but I, you know, it ends on a certain point and then you open, you do the box and I'm like, how does the box actually plan? Because then there's the element of once you do the first step. I think all ties of the narrative drop because the beginning is the, like where all the names and things that you've seen in the video or like, I think they have like a cluing system that you, you were showing me with the, the pictures and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, you can see some of the stuff there. But after that, there's nothing else in here that tells me why this is tied to sure. other than the name and then the beginning, right. the, else per- tied to the, it. the main character of the thing is a person that's on the box. Yes. And if you look closely at some of the, like if you frame by frame, you'll see familiar names. Yes. But I still have no impetus as a player to say why these two things matter yet. And I get it. Like if the box three and four really bring that in more, that's great. But as a consumer, I'm sitting here wondering like, are you ever going to tie these two things together? Are you... Cause that's the thing about in my mind about great cliffhangers, mm-hmm. you feel engaged enough to keep going. Like I'm watching severance right now mm-hmm. on Apple plus just got to the end of season one. Great cliffhanger. I can't wait for season two. Mm. This feels like I said, either incomplete or lost in where I'm supposed to go from here because I played through it. I, I liked the box. I like the story, yeah. but I'm not sitting around. If I'm being hundred percent honest, being like, I can't wait for short film too or puzzle box two or the hidden clues. It seems like they have this really great master plan. I don't feel engaged enough in it at this point. Yeah. It could be, like you said, a thing of the future that it's more like set up for other things. But yeah, as of right now, in my opinion, I'm, I'm actually intrigued by the narrative. 
and it would watch the short films, but I wouldn't, unless the puzzle boxes become more involved in the narrative, I probably am fine not playing the puzzle boxes. I agree. I totally in terms of agree. narrative reasons. Like yeah. if, I, if there's no narrative, if there's no more narrative going to be involved with the boxes, then I'd rather, if you're asking from my narrative standpoint, I'd rather watch the videos and not play the puzzle boxes if the narrative doesn't get more involved. Because at the end of the day, it, it, there was nothing more involved after the first bit. So it may be, but you never know. The later ones could have way more involved in the boxes that you need to do them so you get the narrative, which right. that would be sick. Right. Just in this first one, it's not as involved. And I'm trying to put my like new player cap on and try to like run into this without, you know, more seasoned eyes. And I think I would just be frustrated. Mm. Like I, w- I would be confused and I would be frustrated because I think it would be fair to say, like, I'm looking through that video to help me through the box. Yep. There didn't seem to be a whole lot of a tie there. And then moving into our second one. Okay. There's not a tie. I have this puzzle box. I know I'm supposed to get to the end of it. There is a clue page on the website that I think is supposed to act as the hint page. Mm-hmm. Zach, help me. There's two pictures. It says, it says outside. And I'm assuming that that means it's supposed to help us with the outside of the box. And there's a picture that says inside. And I'm assuming that that's supposed to help us with the inside of the box. I think that there's, there are puzzles within puzzles to help give you hints. Yeah. Thankfully we made it through it without having to interact with those. I have no idea. I think I have an idea of how the first picture could help, but are you talking about like the little memo section? Yeah. But I mean the overall, uh, cause to be clear, we'll, we'll explain the two pictures because obviously we're not spoiling anything by telling what the two pictures are unless you read them. One is a picture of an office space with a board of like the detective stuff with a bunch of things. which, which you see a similar one in, in the video, in yes. the video. So it's a bunch of those types of things, seeing things connected. And then there's like, Small hints that help you explain how part of the box works with that in solving the first big puzzle. Because the the first puzzle in all of its multi-steps is the outside of the box before you open it. I was looking at that and I was like, okay, I get how that could potentially be helpful, but it's not clear enough to me. And obviously we're a big fan of multi-step hint systems. Yes, tiered you know, hint systems. It's is really good. With solutions. But it is a puzzle box, and I understand a lot of puzzle boxes don't do that, and that's totally fine. But it'd be useful in a game like this because it felt like it had some escape room kind of feel, so it'd be useful. But then the second photo... <laughs> I still don't know. <laughs> I've looked at it multiple times. Without trying to decipher it or do anything else, I still don't understand how it fully helps. Like, the whole second I, I part have, and third part of the game. And that's the thing. Like, there could be a rationality to both of those. In a hint or a clue system, that should not have to be explained. Yeah, because you're if you're going there actively, you're trying to get an answer to one of your questions, not wanting to solve three more questions to yes. get help with your original yes, question. Yes, totally agree. I'm not looking to solve more puzzles to get the hint. Like, I just yeah. kind of want the hint. And I think people would appreciate that too. So yeah, I just left, like I said, the words that I'm stuck on right now, and again, I'm so open to being very wrong about all of this. And sure. And I kind of hope that I am, but same confused, lost, incomplete. I don't know what to make of putting all of this together as a collective experience. I want to, I really love the box. The box is so cool. I like the short video. And then the last thing that we'll throw in here for room for improvement is I mentioned that the game broke. There are very clear instructions as in escape rooms, not to use any force. I can, look Zach in the eye unapologetically and say like, I did not use any force and this thing still broke. 
I'm looking at the mechanic and it's a mechanic on the first puzzle that you work with when you open the box. I understand why it was built this way. I feel like it needs to be more made more durably. It seems too flimsy in my opinion. I can't not imagine that more people had this same issue that we did. You talking about when you open the box and you do the first puzzle? Yes. When you start yeah. interacting with the first puzzle, it, it's these four pieces where it feels like a small piece of wood glue. Yeah. Atta- and I'm just like, say, yeah. everything else was really great, but this was like, I don't think this was the best engineered solution to help house this problem. And the other part with that is I was not offered any type of reset guide. Mm-hmm. by the company to help put this back together again for Zach. I did my best to reverse engineer it. I know I put it back together the way that it was intended to, and I think some of it still doesn't work correctly. It doesn't seem very replayable friendly. And that stinks too. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a chance you might've, and I'm not saying you did anything wrong. There's a chance, you know, obviously you could have messed up something small. Cause I mean, there's a few things that we did the right answers and it still didn't, open correctly we were able to kind of bypass a part of it because yes. of that and then obviously the thing that broke earlier on we just basically skipped and we talked about how it worked but yeah i it's unfortunate because it it's a really cool puzzle box and i could i think the hard part with puzzle boxes is for a customer to reverse engineer it and reset it but it'd be really helpful if you make a like a really simple guide to be like okay this piece goes in here for like literally you just make a i don't know like a five page sure like pdf that goes like this is how you reset the box it'd be very helpful for a lot of people, especially because it is a cool box. Being able to play it again or show it to someone else would be awesome. Instead of playing once and you're like, I got to hope I can put it back correctly. And just to recap all of that, like I feel like criticisms two and three are very easily fixed. Tiered hint system solutions, that's easy. Reset guide, the box durability can probably be solved, but the narrative tied to the box, again, unless we're just like so overtly missing something, mm-hmm. that was that was the hardest part for me. Sure. And I think there's a lot. I'm I would still play the second one just because I'm enthusiastic about these things, as are you are. Mm-hmm. Like I would like to see it. But if I'm playing my like plain Jane first time player customer hat, again, I'm I'm just a little lost at this point. Sure. That's really gonna wrap us up for our first section. We've got puzzles to the people coming at you next. Solve puzzles, write reviews, win prizes. It's time for Puzzles to the People. Man, I'm just really enjoying Deadbolt Mystery Society games lately. They're just giving me a real sense of nostalgia. Yeah, I've been really enjoying them. My favorite part about them is they just feel balanced. You get a little bit of an escape room, a little bit of a murder mystery. It kind of reminds me of those cartoon TV shows I grew up on. Same. There's one I'm specifically thinking of. It kind of involves a dog and some humans in it. Oh, the Jetsons. I love that show. Okay, close but wrong. No, they kind of like solve mysteries together. Oh, Courage the Cowardly Dog. Okay, they don't solve mysteries. Courage literally does random things. Jared, I was specifically trying to tell you it's Scooby-Doo. That doesn't sound right. No, 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 Blue's Clues. Okay, they are solving puzzles and mysteries, but no, 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 no. I'm talking about Scooby-Doo. Well, at least the good thing for our listeners is if you like adult Scooby-Doo, you can play a Deadbolt Mystery Society game. And when you want to go purchase one, you can put in the promo code PC15 for 15% off subscriptions and single one-time boxes. No, I've got it. It's Air Bud. Jared, that's a real-life dog. That's not even animated, and he doesn't even solve crimes. Welcome back to Puzzling Company. We are here back in the second section that is Puzzles to the People, brought to you by the Deadbolt Mystery Society Studio. If you've never played a Deadbolt game, you totally should. Now, this is a part of the show where, honestly, I'm always confused. 
Jared just throws random things at me. You don't come um, off as confused. What are we doing this? I mean, I know what we're doing. <laughs> Here's the thing. A spoiler alert. I have an idea of what's coming at me. I just don't know the topic. But uh, this is a section where we get to look at different reviews of a, of a game that we have on the show, or we talk about certain topics that go with that, as well as the overall community of like escape games slash at-home puzzles and mysteries. It's just kind of a fun section to get a back and forth between Jared and I kind of asking questions to each other and making sense of things. Absolutely. Are you ready for today's topic? No, but I have an idea. I honestly think the hook of the Redlock experience is the concept of the short film. Yes. I think that's its unique factor. Puzz, yeah. Puzzle boxes, there's a lot of puzzle boxes. What's unique is this tie-in that they're shooting for. Mm -hmm. So I want to talk to you because a lot of our games have used this, but I want to just dive into it and talk about video production mm. in games. Like we mentioned, I really enjoyed the video it was intriguing. You could tell that it was well shot. In my opinion, some of the audio could have been a little bit better, but I think that's diving a little deep. But what are your thoughts? Do you enjoy video production in games? Yeah, I think it's always been pretty good. We, obviously, we people will always critique the quality, both sound and picture, when you do it. But I think you're adding an element that is world building, which is really cool like giving me a better reason to understand the narrative and what's going on and really set up big picture stuff. Like I know we've played in this game. It's really important. We've played a few different like dark park games have yep. like a little bit of a video element to them, which has always been really fun. It's always intriguing when a company can add more to their stuff to give big picture. Cause also if I'm not mistaken, clue quest obviously has video stuff oh, yes. with theirs with their main character and their organization. It's been very, I've, I very much enjoy every time we get to do Scarlet Envelope has kind of an element of that at the end of their, each of their envelopes and some of them at the beginning. Yep. It's, it's always a really cool factor when people can bring in. Cause I also enjoy watching them, even if they're not the greatest of quality. Cause obviously at the end of the day, I can't judge too hard, but it is funny seeing like people I know, like in the videos and I'm like, Oh, like it's them like doing that. And it's kind of hilarious to see kind of the Easter eggs sometimes. Yeah, you just yes. laugh. Cause you're like, Oh wait, that person's in this video. Yeah. And then you, you get to laugh about it. And, uh, well, you know, sometimes we joke about, you know, obviously there's a critique with audio and some videos we've given before, but sometimes it's hilarious to me what it, what it happens more than once. Cause then I'm like, okay, that's just funny. <laughs> but you know, of course for other people being able to be more clear and stuff, but I, I definitely enjoy when people add in more elements as much as they can into the experience to make it easier for me to latch on. Another one I was thinking of that we played really early on was there was a lot of video work in ASPMC. Yeah. And I enjoyed that. So yes, I'm with you. I like video in element and the way that I kind of contextualize it is video games. Mm. To me, the video is kind of the, the narrative payoff or the narrative dump that you're honestly like working for. And I like that a lot. So here, here's my question for you. My next question within talking about video, video production is, do you like puzzling through video or do you like video as your payoff? It's hilarious. You say it that way because in other forms of media that do the same thing, AK video games, the video most of the time is the reward for you completing things. Yes. Like in many examples of, you know, when you play like MMOs or stuff like that, like most of the time when you, when you defeat hard bosses, 
in in storylines of like you know like in World of Warcraft as an example, you know you you defeat the final boss of the raid. There's usually a big cutscene that basically explains the end of the narrative that you're like living for. Yeah, you're like okay, I want to see what happens now. Same thing in like we've talked a lot about like the newest God of War game. Yes, like you're living for the cutscenes to see what happens. Final Fantasy obviously is very good story, but it has story elements throughout its questing, but also like there are big moments you're waiting for. Like yes. you want to wait five minutes to watch a five minute cutscene where you're like, Oh my gosh, this is happening now. And, and in other games. Um, so in puzzle boxes and like at home puzzle mysteries, I think it can do the same thing. Like when we played dark parks, witchery spell, it's used as the end. Yes. Like you get the reward of seeing like what happens. Yes. And you know, and some other games we get that same thing where you play through the whole game and at the end you get it. So I've, I've enjoyed it that way. And I think it usually works. I wouldn't say it's easiest that way, but I think it's the best done that way. Cause you can do a really cool ending like, and, and you can show it well, but I do find it really cool when certain games have a way to tell the story through that. And then you can play the puzzle box at the same time. Like, so you're you, saying interact with, you're okay with both, yes. but you, you like the video as the payoff. I think it's, I won't say it's easier because there might be a way that I think it is easier because I think it's easier to make a game that's separate and then add a really cool ending or mm. a beginning, like do both. Totally fine. Cause then you keep it separate almost. And then you have the videos be the rewards for you doing what you did and the introduction to what you do versus I think it's going to be more difficult to tie in a narrative that works really well. And then you have to like stop playing the game, watch it be interesting enough and cool that you enjoyed it and then go back to the game, do more puzzles then go watch another video for two minutes. But I think it can be well done either way. And I well, obviously would play it either way. So I'm thinking through some of the games that we've had to puzzle through video production. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of, again, ASPMC had both. Yes. Uh, I remember some of those puzzles very vividly and thought those were well done. Uh, I'm also thinking of USB Escape. Yes. Had some puzzling that was done in video and they kind of had both. There was payoff and puzzling done in some of the same videos it's just really interesting because I, what I would advocate for is similar to what you're saying is I love video as a narrative payoff. Well, the messenger also does the same yeah, thing. Where that's a great point. Have videos the entire game and then you have it as a narrative end. I think it can be done really, really well. Sometimes I will say, I think puzzling through video can get a little tedious, especially because I think one of the most infamous puzzle types is like, a single frame that you see blip. You know, any, you know how many puzzles we've done, Jared, where we've had to pause on a screen over and over and over, and then our internet went out at the time, so we had to do it on our phone and try to pause it exact seconds on a phone. Yes, not fun. Not, but way better on a PC browser, yeah. easier to do. But there have been some really creative mechanisms used with video production that yeah. I really like. I think it comes back to a way of like, if you're going to hide it, if you're going to use video as a puzzling me- mechanism, just do it well. Which brings me to my next question, which is the level of production. Yes. Right? Like nobody's out here using red cameras and, you know, pumping out things the way that Hollywood or different major sure. production things. But I've also seen some really high quality production. And again, I say, why not to that? Yeah. It's really cool. Sometimes people theme it appropriately. We've seen that. I think it's just another way to kind of mirror your world. Yeah. Right. I agree. Um, so, but what are some of your, what have been some of your favorite, like higher quality videos maybe that we've seen? 
or or I will say not even high quality, but like appropriately placed video. That's interesting because quality could the game that I'm thinking of purposefully does not have high quality and it works so well. Yeah, there's been a bunch of different games we've played that I think do it quite well. Some examples I think of actually, and it doesn't have to be crazy quality, but I think they fit well. It's like cold case crackers when we've played those at the end of a case, they do like the whole news report that covers it, but then also hypes up and tells you more about another case that's yes. going on that you get involved with soon after. I think Scarlet Envelope does a good job of having an ending that makes sense with the overall like hidden society and what you're working towards. And it, it does a good job in that way. And then there's there's companies like Escape Mail, which they do a really good job of having videos in with their narrative that I think is really well done. Especially the I think it's the first game we played that Escape Mail had the the videos with. Yes. With like the submarine. The submarine, yes. It was really well done. I, I enjoyed it. What were some ones for you then? The ones that creep into the top of my mind are I mentioned USB Escape. Yes. But even in talking to the creator, he loves like the home shot video. And it did, like even talking about it right now, I'm getting goosebumps because it's just the point is it's not high quality. It's supposed to be shaky cam, someone's phone, camcorder, Blair Witch-esque. And it, it does. It's because it's like it builds that realism and that tension. And it's just like, hoo-hoo. It's interesting, too, because the messenger does the same thing to a degree, but almost a little bit higher quality. But a lot of the videos in the messenger are interviews yeah. or talking to other people involved with the the game itself. Agreed. And it's so appropriate. But it, it's, yeah, it's really well done in terms of it's appropriate, but it's also... It's interesting because the the quality's upped a little bit, but it's still mostly the like camcorder, like in your hand phone recording most of it, except for certain moments. The other one that I'm thinking of is Space Core by Trapology. Yes. Because then again, you have this in the story, you have this individual that's like stuck and they're like self-recording themselves. And it just, it's very appropriate. Yeah. For what they're trying it. But if you're going for, and I, I feel like a room that we could grow is like, if you are trying to tell this very cinematic story, I want to see higher quality videos. Like, and, and I think that's why I, I appreciate Redlock so much is because like they're taking a shot at that. Yeah. They're going for more of that stylized film, short film, like something that you would see at a film festival type of take on it. And then building you into interactable parts of it. Mm. And I like that because most of what we've seen along the way, they haven't shot for that. And, and no. not that they've tried to. And, um, but I feel like more so than it was 10 years, 20 years ago, video production is so much more attainable yeah. and doing it high quality too. Like you could take your latest iPhone, whatever, and that's shooting on more than what I had when I was in film school. I always complain about that. I'm such a grump about that because my, my class was the last one that was getting off DV tape. Oh, if yeah. you know that what is and finally working on digital. Yep. So super bitter about that. Okay. But but I I just think it's really interesting from that perspective. It's like, I think this is something that we could push. Now, the pushback to this is I'm not saying that I want to see video or that there should be video in every game. Yeah. I'm looking up games on the wall right now where I'm like, thank goodness, legend gave them of maps. Why would there be a video yeah, in that? I mean, a video for that. I'm also looking at um, Puzzle Package Industries, Runes of Odin. I was so fine that there was no yep. 
video in well, that. I think some games are perfect that they don't need extra things because I think they do. And I'm not saying games that have to have videos that they need they need to build their worlds better by having video. But I think there's some games that they just fundamentally don't need it because the how it's made, you're supposed to create the world. Right. And they do a good job through writing and other elements to make you see it instead of showing it to you. Because I think showing it to you sometimes takes away Yes. Part of the experience that is those. It's like reading a book. Now, movies can be really cool, but the point of the book is that you build the world. Like, you visually pick out how Harry Potter looks to you. You know, you have an idea of how Harry Potter looks. Yes. You know, or stuff like that. And you see movies, and the movies build it a little bit differently sometimes. So I think there's certain games that do that really well where, like, you don't need the video. It's They do a good enough job that you can imagine the world yourself and enjoy it. And then there's certain companies that I think videos are really good for because they're games it just benefits to have videos to them. So. Okay, here's one thing I'm interested to okay. your perspective of, and I'm I'm going full circle here. I want to end this talking about video games because we are coming up having some more video games, digital games come up. We've played a lot of puzzle games. We've played a lot of non-puzzle games. Cutscenes are a big deal. So I want to talk about Zoria again, mm, okay. which we were just recently played. When you are in between levels, sometimes in between constellations, there are cutscenes. Yes. I was not expecting them to handle that the way that they did. This kind of stylized, slow, animated, not like a, it's not like a cartoon. It's, it, it's not like the traditional cutscene that I'm used to. Yeah. It was very slow. Images would slowly appear on screen to tell the story. And it's a good story. Yeah. But what are your thoughts on something like that? Because I'll take an akin story. We Were Here. Yeah. Has much more highly animated, dynamic yeah. cutscenes going on. What did you think about the video production and the choices made on a game like Zoria for a video game. I think it works really well. I, you know, it's just a style of film telling, you know, like showing it in slow motion and doing more, I wouldn't say cartoon, but almost like drawing animated yes. and then showing that slow animation. I think it works really well. I think it can be done. It almost reminds me of a storybook, like almost, okay. I'm yeah, jokingly, but like, like watching a digital the, storybook. Yeah. yeah. Like I think of like the beginning of Shrek, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know why it's that instead of any like any Disney princess movie or whatever, but you know, like those type, it works well. Like it still shows the story. It still shows the characters, but you can do it in a different style animation. You know, and I don't know pricing wise how that works versus other things, but I think it works really well because it's simpler and it's easier to move and do at the speed you like. I think animation has to be moved up into speed into more real time. And you have to do 3d elements and a lot of things that I think can take away from the storytelling or the production quality. So, I mean, I like both. Don't get me wrong. I think both can be done extremely well, obviously in, in AAA and, but you know, in some non AAA and then depending on price and budget, what Zori did was really well done. And then in, we were here. I, I really like that storytelling. We were here because you're more involved in, you are moving a ton around the castle. You're animated, you're two characters. And it's the same for Zoria to degree with the one character on the ground. And then you have the character in the sky, but I'm now trying to imagine a cutscene where the girl in the like Zoria or the one in the sky is like the sunbeam just moving around and like the video cutscene is just the sun moving around over and the over. The lights like pulsing as it's is it talking. talking. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think would be hilarious, but I think how they did it was better than that. Because it makes more sense in Zoria that doing the 2D animation, doing like the drawing style, you can see both of them easier. They'd show the both characters, they show like them talking between each other and the narrative explaining each other versus like we were here, we were there, we were here, whatever, where those it's, you know, more about you being more involved in your both characters on the ground. You can show each other, you can show the environment moving around as you're going through the castles and stuff like that. 
I think that's great. I don't even want to take this down an escape room tangent. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't let myself go down that route because nope. that's a whole nother conversation. Absolutely. Uh, but I think we're going to wrap that up for our puzzles to the people. Hang on with us. We've got questions for creators coming at you next. There are some awesome people who make the puzzles we love to solve. This is Questions for Creators. And we're back live in Milan for Fashion Weekend. And oh my gosh, it's happening. International supermodel Zach is coming down the runway. Zach, Zach, a moment. Who, who are you wearing today? Sure, I'm wearing Salvo shirts from CU Adventures. Oh my gosh, they, they look amazing. Can, can you tell us more about it? Not only are they the best in comfort and in fashion, but also there's a puzzle hidden with all the top. You're saying there's a puzzle hidden in your shirt? Oh yeah. I, my mind is blown by that. Where, where can the public pick up these shirts? They can pick them up at cuadventures.com. I have to head out now. Ciao. I'm just getting word that these shirts not only come in one type, but there is a trove of, of Pirate Cove and a Maze of the Minotaur option. Again, trove of Pirate Cove and Maze of Minotaur option. He's just so handsome, that Zach. I know. Welcome back to Puzzling Company. We are here in the section now, questions for creators. And we're super happy to have one of the project creators from Redlocked with us today. Let's jump right in and get to know them. If you could please just tell us your name and a little bit of how this project came together. I'm Michael van Putten, uh, 23 years old, and um, I'm from the Netherlands. A few years ago, I started doing escape rooms just for fun uh, with my friends. And after a while, we figured out we were pretty good at solving those. Um, so from time to time, we were actually testing escape rooms for companies uh, to figure out whether they were working properly, yes or no, and if they were solvable. And because of that love for escape rooms, we tried to figure out something we could create ourselves uh, during our study, actually. We were all uh, industrial product designers at the time. And further on uh, down the road, we actually figured out that uh, we could combine the story experience from escape rooms uh, with puzzle boxes. And that's actually where Redlock Puzzles started. This way, we created this company and this project. Where did the idea of combining the short films and the puzzle come together? So it, it actually started uh, with us all being very much into video games. Also, uh, for a lot of people who may know Hitman 3 is where you really have to figure out ways of uh, executing your targets uh, by yourself. It is where you can go to various storylines and you can get various missions to be completed within the same main mission, actually. Also, the, because we've done a lot of escape rooms, we also figured out that the better escape rooms always had a storyline, usually with a video production. Uh, so we thought we com could combine those with an escape puzzle box uh, and give you the main storyline. So we give you handles for the main storyline to follow. But if you want to go further on, explore yourself, you can do so. But we will not provide you with any more clues uh, when you go down that road. So it's really an, a choice you have to make. Will I follow the main storyline or will I go all the way down the rabbit hole and maybe get trapped or lost somewhere down the road. I'm curious to know why you decided to go with the medium of a puzzle box versus, say, a board game or a mailer to get across the story and the narrative. Well, I believe that the best part about these puzzle boxes is that you can explore yourself. You have to do it yourself. First of all, you're not playing against anybody else, but you're just playing against the box. And the best part about escape boxes and puzzle boxes is you can hide a lot of things in there. You can give a lot of information, you can give a lot of clues. And some of these clues actually look numb or useless at this time. But 
everything is placed with a very specific uh, reason, actually. Uh, and this way we can hide a lot of things you can use down the road uh, into a puzzle box, which also uh, you can solve at your own time, at your own pace. You can explore uh, when you want to, and you can also do it by yourself or with friends, whether you like it the most, what you like the most. So we saw that you guys are, you know, you're involved in escape rooms, you guys have escape room stuff and you have background in that. How much was this all influenced by escape rooms to do the red lock puzzle box? Yeah, it started years ago, of course, a lot of escape rooms. But when we uh, started doing escape rooms in uh, in Bunschoten Spakenburg, it's a place in the Netherlands, mm-hmm. and which were very mechanical. So very uh, mechanically challenging, but also could uh, have very big potential to be created into some sort of board game or some sort of, of, of thing you can do at home. And when we did one specific escape room, it's, it's called the Dome in Bunschoten Spakenburg, we've uh, found out a lot about a mechanism, so about moving floors, uh, roofs and walls that just collapse and could be rebuilt, all that kind of stuff we could use actually as inspiration to recreate uh, something, not not copy it of course, but recreate those mechanisms or use parts of those mechanisms into something really cool uh, for you to do at home. Especially when Corona uh, came, escape rooms were all shut down and we were not able to do so either. But puzzle boxes uh, were really the solution to this uh, to this issue to be able to still have the escape experience. As escape room enthusiasts ourselves, we know that the Netherlands has such a wonderful escape room scenes. Can you tell us some of your favorites that you've played in the Netherlands or in some of the surrounding countries? Yeah, well, number one, always the Dome in the Netherlands. It's it's one of the best uh, in the world, actually. Uh, definitely should try that out. Um, this is not sponsored, but also in Zwolle, there is a great uh, escape room place. It's called The Great Escape, actually. They have a very great storytelling, actually, to the escape room. So you might, be get, you might get scared, you might get jump scared, but you also might have to solve a lot of things according to a storyline. Uh, that's really something we... Yeah, we really liked along the road uh, to do. So The Great Escape in Zwolle, also a very good one. Uh, and if I should say one more, it's it's a big prison in Breda in the Netherlands. Uh, it has hundreds of players at the same time and also hundreds of actors at the same time. And what you should do is you should figure out everything on your own. There are not basic clues, not basic codes to figure out, but you're in this prison. You have four hours to escape, but you got to get out. So it, it's really insane. Definitely should check that out. That's the three best, I guess, I can give you. So as much as you can tell us, or as little as you can, what is in the future for Redlock? What kind of puzzle box do you have coming forward? How much can you tell us about? Well, I cannot tell you specific details because it would, of course, uh, spoil the story. Uh, But I can tell you what our our plan is from here. So this first box was really just to to get to know uh, the audience, first of all, and to get to know what we can do, what we cannot do. Um, but from here, first, we got to get building our budget because we want to have these short films filmed professionally, filmed uh, almost Hollywood style, but we not have that budget, but like a really solid short film, which would really help you along. Uh, furthermore, we're currently uh, building a lot of things uh, behind the scenes, things you cannot see at the moment or maybe can see if you figure out something. But there's a lot, a big system we're currently building to make sure the escape experience continues between the boxes and after the boxes. That's part two, means that we cannot have one short film per box because when you go down a rabbit hole, you got to have other information, you got to have other stuff. So that takes time. And it takes a lot of building, but it's going to be, yeah, it's already pretty big, but it's going to be way bigger in the future, actually. So the next box, which is actually what we're currently 
also building. We have concepts for all boxes because we have to have the ideas because of the storyline, of course. Uh, it's currently being designed uh, and uh, improved based on all your feedback we uh, we got from you. It's really great, actually. This way we can improve and also has some parts that had to be cut or has to be designed uh, more clever because currently we're around 600 to 700 parts, which is way above uh, a usual box. But it's going to be a lot of exploration in that box. It's going to be a lot of things you can do a lot of things which will not be told or will be given hints about, but you can figure out yourself and can find a lot of stuff there. And the question we always love to ask everyone, because we just love to hear creators talking about things that have influenced them or other things that they love. What other games do you love? They can be puzzle games, video games, board games. What do you like to play? Yeah, I got to give some credit to... Uh... Some other people use Kickstarter before. Uh, with my friends, I usually play a lot of board games, also online, but also a lot of board games. You can uh, think about Zombie Side. It's a very great game. You should definitely check that out. And it's a really long tactical game where you have to fight against um, zombies spawn spawning on your board, actually. Really cool. Uh, Spartacus, also a great game. Uh, also a very long game, uh, but also very strategic. Um, Munchkin, maybe you've uh, heard about in the in the past yeah also very very good game munchkin a uh, little bit tricky from time to time a little bit of backstepping there so if you cannot handle that don't check that out but it's definitely something you should play um for rest yeah games like hitman really intrigue me just because of the storyline those are really uh really the most things i do at home yeah um, so you can always find us on uh, our website, www.redlockedpuzzles.com. Also check out our Kickstarter. Uh, just search for Redlock uh, in the Kickstarter and you will find our project uh, loud and clear. We just want to thank all our backers who already backed us uh, from the start, made this all possible. Uh, and we have a lot of great things planned for the future, so stick around. We just want to say thank you so much for coming on the show, for yes. giving us an opportunity. We love, love talking with our overseas friends. And we'll be excited to see what comes out in the future. If you are interested in playing the Red Lock game, you can actually go to Red Locked Puzzles, redlockedpuzzles.com. That's where you can purchase the game. That's also where the video, the clues, and all of that is housed. Be sure to check that out. And for us, man, hit us up if you want to help us out as well. We would love for you all to interact with us. You can find us on social media. That's Facebook and Instagram at Puzzling Company. Drop us an email, contact at puzzlingcompany.com. We would love to hear from you all. How else can they help us out, Zach? Yeah, you can also support us on Patreon. Uh, you can join our other patrons on there and be able to listen to our episodes early and ad-free. Be able to interact with us. We get to do monthly events where we all get to hang out, play games together. We also get to let you guys play the games that we get to play as well. So you guys can join us as we get to play some awesome digital games. And the other thing you can do is wherever you listen to this podcast, that's um, iTunes, Google, Stitcher, wherever it is, Spotify, um, you can go and leave us a five-star review. We'd super appreciate it. That is going to wrap us up for today's episode. Zach, do you know where we are heading next week? I'm not 100% positive, but I have a guess. What is your guess? Is it Emerald Flame? It is Emerald Flame. Let's go. I'm so hyped to play this game. And again, I hope that hype doesn't turn into like overhyping. Sure. What I think will be a really great game. We've had Rita on the show before discussing light in the mist. We have a lot of respect for her and the work that she does. 
I'm so jazzed to play this game. Oh, yeah. I just can't. There's been so much hype in the community about this. Come join us next week. Emerald Flame Review. We're super excited. But that's really going to wrap us up for today. For Jared and Zach, this has been Puzzling Company. See you guys. Thanks for listening. Find us on social media at Puzzling Company and online at puzzlingcompany.com. Check back weekly for new episodes. Until next time, keep puzzling.